Faith honors God and God honors faith. A story from the life of missionaries Robert and Mary Moffat illustrates this truth. For 10 years, this couple labored faithfully and um, it's pronounced Bichuanalan, now called Botswana. And without one ray of encouragement to brighten their way, they could not report a single convert. Listen closely to this. 10 years laboring and they were not able to report one single convert Meaning that they were there laboring in this land. It's difficult to pronounce. I believe it's in South Africa. For 10 years, they were there sharing the gospel, preaching, outreaching. And yet they could not report one single convert, which means a conversion. They were not able to lead one single person to Christ. Finally, the directors of their mission their mission board began to question the wisdom of continuing the work. And the thought of leaving their post, however, brought great grief to this devout couple. For they felt sure that it was God. For they felt sure that God was in their labors. And that they would see people turn to Christ in due season. And they stayed. And for a year or two longer... Darkness reigned 12 years. Think about this 12 years that they waited and they didn't, they did not see, see a single person come to Christ. Then one day, a friend in England sent word to the Mofeds that she wanted to mail them a gift and ask what they would like. And trusting that in time the Lord would bless their work, Miss Mofet replied, Send us a communion set. I'm sure it would soon be needed. And God honored that dear woman's faith that the Holy Spirit moved upon the hearts of the villagers. And soon a little group of six converts was united to form the first Christian church in that land. That the communion set from England was delayed in the mail. But on the very day before the first um, day of the Lord's Supper in Botswana, the set arrived. I'd like to pray this evening. Lord, we thank you this evening, dear God. Lord, we thank you for an opportunity to come into your presence this evening. Lord, I pray, dear God, that you would stir our faith, dear God. Stir our walk with you, dear God, that you would open our eyes to your word this evening, that you would anoint the preaching in Jesus' name. Amen. So consider that 12 years, 12 years that they labored and they were ready to say, you know what, we're going to go back. We haven't seen anything happen. Even the people investing in them said, you know what, let's bring y'all back. Y'all did y'all's work. Y'all labored. But something in them grieved them to say, you know what, I'm, I, we cannot give up. We're not able to give up. And someone said, you know what, let us send you something. And said, you know what, we want a communion set. Because we're going to believe God, that God's going to do something powerful. And sure enough, as the set was in the mail, it got delayed. And on the day that they were set to have the Lord's Supper, it came in. 
So I want you to consider that this evening. This evening, as you go through things in your life, as you're praying, as you're contending for God to move in your life, in your circumstances, in your different situations. What I want to preach about is faith. So let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Very popular portion of Scripture. Many of y'all know this Scripture. Paul's writing to the Corinthian church and he says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Very simple, but yet very profound. Simple, but very deep. And something very powerful that would help us as Christians... As believers, as we journey on this walk with Christ, that we're going to face difficult moments in our life. We're going to go through trials. We're going to go through struggles. And here Paul, by the divine inspiration of God's Holy Spirit, says we walk by faith, not by sight. As Christians, we have to receive revelation from God to unlock the power in the Scripture. We could easily read this. You could read your Bible and skim right through this and never truly give mind or give thought to the power that is within the Scripture. And by God's Holy Spirit, we're able to unlock it. We'll be able to apply this throughout our walk with God because maybe right now things are going good in your life. There's going to come a point where we're going to have to apply this to our lives. Because when we're able to see what's ahead of us, the journey is easy. Think about it. Have you ever taken a road trip and you're traveling and you're on a straight road and you can see everything ahead of you? It's easy. You're just driving. You're looking around all over the place. You're, you're sightseeing. When we, when we took a trip to Prescott, Arizona, we passed through uh, New Mexico, uh, Arizona, and you see those tall cactus. I'm looking at things I've never seen before in my life. The mountains. And there was a, it was a clear path. It was easy. An easy drive. Because you're just sightseeing. You're all excited. But what happens when you're not able to see what's ahead of you? Listen, when we have, a, when we have tremendous faith. When our faith is on point. And we're living for God and things are going good. It's easy to worship God. It's easy to come to church and worship God. Lift our hands. Come to prayer. Be partake in the things of God. Come to our outreach on fire. Yes, man, I'm going to preach and I'm going to share my testimony. Everything's going good. It's easy to keep that fire burning. It's easy to keep that fire burning. When we're able to see everything that's ahead of us. Like I said, what about when the road ahead of us is not visible? I listen, I used to truck drive. I was a truck driver for HEB. And I've driven all over Texas. San Angelo, Abilene. Even when I was driving for Labatt, I drove to Dallas, Wachahaxie or something like that. All the way down to Port Isabel, Corpus, all over Texas. I've driven in all kinds of weather. 
I've driven in some hailstorms, some heavy, heavy rain where you cannot see in front of you. Listen, it's not easy to truck drive. It's not easy to drive when you're in these severe conditions. You panic, you tense up. You're driving this big old truck. You cannot see it. It's like, I need to pull over because I'm not able to see. So what do you do in your walk with God when you're not able to see what's ahead of you? How do you respond? What is it that you do? Oh, we pray, we believe God for these things, but yet we don't know what lies ahead. So many times people will leave the faith because they're believing God. They're contending for God. God, I need you to move in this area of my life. Yet they don't see it come to pass on their time scope. So they leave the will of God because what's ahead of them, they're not able to see. And it becomes difficult for them because they've placed their faith in other things. So what do you place your faith in? When things are difficult, what do you place your faith in? It's easy to say, oh God, oh Jesus. Many times people place their faith in work. When you're going through something, when times are tough, when you're short on money, people say, I want to pick up two jobs. I want to pick up overtime. Pastor, I can no longer come to church on Wednesday or Sunday night because I have to work. I have to pay my bills. They are placing their faith in their job, in their work. No longer are they believing God. No longer are they contending, God, I need you to move. I will not compromise being in your presence. I'm trusting that you will supply all my needs, God, according to your riches in glory. Jehovah Jireh. People place their faith in the government. Oh, man, once Trump gets out of office and Biden, then we're going to be riding for Biden. And, man, once this thing turns around and everything's going to be okay. Oh, once I get this check at the end of the month by the government, man, all my faith is in the government. You go down the list. People put their faith in the family. And their husband. And their wife. I was talking to someone the other day. At this lady. All, it's all about her husband. All about her husband. And this other lady was saying, Yeah man, I was talking to her. And she was saying that her husband left. And this lady was freaking out. Saying, oh, I'm going to kill myself. I want to kill myself because I need my husband. Yet this husband is a drunk. He doesn't do anything for her. Takes off for like three days on the bench and she freaks out. Calls this lady saying, oh, I just want to kill myself. I know he's not. He's doing something he's not supposed to be doing. Her faith is in her husband. It's not her faith. It's not in God. God, that you would save my husband. God, touch his life. I'm praying for X, Y, Z. No, her faith is in her husband because as long as her husband is right Next to her, then everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be all right. There's going to be no problems, no issues. I just need him to be by my side. Etc., etc. People place their faith in so many other things. But there's going to be many times when your faith will be tested. 
And your faith, your faith will be shaken. Listen, that you're going to go through things. You as a believer, you're going to be tested. You're going to be placed through the fire. That your faith will be shaken up. Your life will be turned upside down. You're not going to be able to see what's ahead. I lost my job. I don't know how I'm going to pay my rent at the end of the month. What are you going to do? Are you going to compromise church to go get another job? And say, you know what? I'm going to take this job because they're going to pay more. But you know what, Pastor? I could no longer come to church on Sundays. I could only make it on this day. Or you know what? I cannot come to church anymore, Pastor, because I have to pay my bills. I've, I've been there when someone's told me that. When your life's shaken up and you're not able to see what's ahead. What is it that you do? Listen, 10 years is couple labor, 12 years with no fruit. No fruit, not seeing a move of God. Yet they kept pushing forward. They were living the scripture. We walk by faith, not by sight. God, I know we don't see people respond. I know, man, I could imagine this couple setting up a little church in their house, maybe outside. And for 12 straight years, this man prepares a sermon, takes time studying God's word, laying a hold of God, praying, reading his Bible. You listen, when I work on a sermon, it takes me about eight hours, eight hours or more just to put a sermon together. So I know I've been there that this man's laboring, praying, his wife as well. Every service, every Sunday, every Wednesday, yet no one shows up. 12 years. Many of us will quit after a month. Say, you know what? I give up, man. I've been doing this for three months. God, you're, you're not even real. Should I even be here? But this couple said, you know what? We're going to keep laboring. We've been there. We've been there. We're, we're praying. We're believing God. No one shows up to service. You say, you know what? By faith. Why my boys are like, Dad, who's going to show up? Quit asking me that. I don't know. I don't know who's going to show up. But you know what? By faith, we're going to have song service. We're still going to take an offering. We're still going to pray. We're still going to have prayer. We're still going to believe. Even though I don't know who's going to show up, by faith, we're going to do this. We've been there many times. So easy to call. I could call Pastor Luis. Say, Pastor Luis, I'm done. I'm done, Pastor Luis. Take me back to the mother church. I'm, I'm, send someone else. I'm done. That's easy. Because I don't know what lies ahead. Revival. God, who's going to show up to revival? What happens if no one should? We're a grand opening before any of y'all were here. We're already planning the grand opening. It was already set. And it's like, man, what happens if no one shows up? What happens if Pastor Luis comes? He says, man, we're ready. Grand opening. No one's here. It's like, man, are we even really called to be here? But you know what? I've learned not to have the mindset said, you know what, babe? Let's contend. Let's believe God. Let's fast. Let's pray. This couple took them 12 years. But I guarantee once they saw this church of six people 
as their hearts rejoiced that God, we knew that this would pay off. That we're not looking for quantity. We're not saying, God, we want a thousand people. No, God, give us five faithful people who have a surrendered heart to, towards you. Give us five people who are willing to do your will that would answer your call. With that, you could move mountains compared to if we were having this church filled with people, yet no one wants to do anything. Yet people's hearts are closed off to the will of God. It's easy to be discouraged when you don't see a response in what you are contending for. It's easy to be discouraged. Been there, we made offers on our houses. We prayed, God, open this door for our house. And then, boom, nothing happens. We get turned down. Another offer, boom, gets turned down. Another one, hey, pastor, we sold her home. God spoke to us. They was, he wanted for us to sell our house to move closer to the church. Yeah, God, pastor, we don't see God moving. He's like, believe God, man, God's on the throne. God's on the throne. It's easy to get discouraged when you don't see results in what you're contending for. Prayer list. What is that prayer list, man? Praying for these families. Hernandez family. Been praying for that family for about six years. Six years. Lopez family. That's my sister. My brother. I've been praying for them for like six years. So easy to say, you know, I'm not even going to put them on the prayer list. I've been putting on them for six years, God. I don't see you move. No, God, I'm going to trust in you. Because I walk by faith, not by sight. I know you're working something in their lives. Maybe I won't physically see it, but you know, by faith, I trust in your word, God. Because I have trust in you. I believe in you, God, that you will touch my brother. My brother's doing 10 years in prison. God, I'm praying that you would touch his heart. While he's in there, God, that you would send someone to him. And he wrote to me um, last month saying that, you know, I've been go I was going to church, bro. He's like, but COVID hit and they closed down the church. He's like, man, but I've been reading my Bible and I'm praying, God, touch his heart. God, manifest yourself in that cell. Let your presence be there. Through hope, that is... The only way that we will be able to obtain faith. Listen, the fathers of the faith learned this principle in their own lives. That their hope is only found in Him. The fathers of the faith learned this principle. And it was set for eternity for us to learn as well. But listen, at the right time, God will move in your life. This area that you're praying for, that you're contending for, at the right time, God will move. Because He is never too early, nor late, but always on time. God is always on time. Listen, Abraham... Had to learn to wait on God. Abraham had to learn to wait on God. Through faith. Through his faith, he was able to wait on God. Through what is not seen. Listen, he was an old man. 
Sarah was up in age, was not able to have, that's why they laughed. He said, why are you laughing? I did not laugh. How am I going to have a baby? How am I going to conceive? How am I going to give birth to a baby at this age? But you know what? But they held on to their faith. Abraham was able to walk by faith and not by sight. Yes, he failed. Abraham had failures. We see what happened. We see what happened throughout his life. He eventually led to one of the biggest decisions in his life was to sacrifice what God had promised to him after waiting so many years. Listen, Noah by faith built an ark for something that he had never seen before in his life. Listen, God told Noah to build this ark. Build it. Noah had never seen this ark or had never had any skill in this. You know, and you do a research and you do a say on Noah and all this stuff. People always go back and forth saying, you know what? There was rain. No, there wasn't rain and all this different stuff. But you know what? But what we do know is that Noah by faith built this ark. He had never seen a catastrophic flood of this proportion but by faith, he kept building. He said, you know what, God? I don't know what's going on, but by faith, God, I'm going to trust in you. Faith is crucial for our walk with God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Tells us, but without faith. Listen, without faith. It is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Listen, if you don't have faith, you won't be able to please God. That we have to have faith. What stirs God's heart? What is it that stirs God's heart? What makes God happy? What, what excites God? What pleases Him? It's your faith. Your faith does. You believing in Him that He will bring to pass the promises on your life. That He will reward you that diligently seek Him. So what does this word mean? It means in a way that shows care. I might slaughter this word. Conscientiousness. Ness. <laughs> Conscientiousness. Is in one's work or duties. In the original Greek, it means to crave. To crave, to seek out. It says those that diligently seek Him. You could translate that to those that crave God. Are you craving God? Are you craving God? It means to crave or to seek out. I, it's happened to me. I wake up in the middle of the night. I know my wife bakes 
when she would bake cakes, she would bake flan, and there would be a flan or a cake. I'll wake up in the middle of the night, and I'm going out to seek that cake because I'm craving it, man. I'll creep in the middle of the night. I'll go to the fridge, and I'll cut me a big old slice of flan because I'm craving it. I'm seeking it. I want that because I know it is good. This is what the scripture said. And so are you craving God's word like that? Are you craving him or to the point that you would seek him out? Alcohol. People crave it. Oh, man, I'm just craving, man. I'm 40, man. I just... <laughs> Fajitas. <laughs> Fajitas. <laughs> Tobacco. <laughs> <laughs> and people say, oh, después de un taco, un buen frajo, <laughs> or un tabaco. People crave it. People say, oh, I have cra-. That's why they have Nicorette. Because, oh, to fight your cravings. But this is what God's word is saying. Are you craving him? Are you craving his presence? Not just here in church, but at home where you could turn everything off and be in his presence. There's times where I just like, I, I feel that way. God, I need your presence. I tell my wife, I'm going to go pray. I'll go in my closet. I'll turn off the lights and I'll just sit in there and I'll begin to pray. God, because I need you right now. I need your presence, God. Listen, chapter 11 in the book of Hebrews. This, the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. It is titled, Faith Define and Exemplify. Many, many people have called this chapter the chapter of faith or the chapter of the, uh, the, the giants of the faith. Listen, 23 times in chapter 11 tells us by faith and through faith. It is mentioned 23 times. 23 times. I encourage you to read Hebrews chapter 11. Read it for yourself. It talks about Joseph. It talks about Abraham. It talks about Noah. And it goes down the list of the giants of the faith. The fathers in the faith. Because it is by this way we could only appeal to God. The only way that we could appeal to God it is by faith and through faith. Listen, one night in a house, one night a house caught fire and the young boy was forced to flee to the roof. And the father stood on the ground below with outstretched arms, calling to his son, jump, jump. I'll catch you. He knew the boy had to jump to save his life. But all the boy could see, however, was flame, smoke, fire, and blackness. And as can be imagined, he was afraid to leave the roof. But his father kept yelling, jump, jump, I will catch you. But the boy protested, Daddy, Daddy, I can't see you. The father replied, But I could see you, and that's all that matters. Listen, this is an example of us and God. This is why we walk 
by faith and not by sight. Because God sees us. Even though you don't see what God is doing in your life. When we don't see what God is doing in our life. We're praying for our wife. We're praying for our husband. We're praying for our family. Yet we don't see God moving. We're like this young boy stuck on this rooftop. But by faith, you have to trust God. Say, so, you know what, God? I'm trusting in you, God. Yes, I don't see you moving. I don't see these things that I want to see. But you know what, God? I trust you that you are doing something. Even though I don't see it because I'm going to walk by faith and not by what I physically see. Listen, but he sees you. God sees you. God sees your life. You have to understand that God is in control. God is in control. But how are you going to move forward? How are you going to move forward? How are you going to start responding to life? Listen, we know how to respond to different things in our life. Listen, when... Someone would step up to you in the streets. How do you respond? Hey, what's up, man? Right? You're ready to fight. We're ready to fight. But how are you going to respond when you face these difficult moments in your life? Are you going to lean on Him? Are you going to lean on God when you face the difficult trials in your life? Are you going to be... Like the giants of the faith. And respond by trusting in God. Abraham. Noah. Joseph. Isaac. Listen, when they walked around the walls of Jericho. Imagine if God told you, walk around this. You want that job? I want you to walk around your job for seven days straight. What God? Are you serious? You think crazy, right? But it was by faith that they walked around the walls of Jericho. And what happened? The walls came down. Gideon faced a multitude of people. Tremendous, large army. What did God tell them? Take them down to the water. Test them. Do this. This is like, by 300, I'm going to help you overcome this. They're outnumbered. But it was by faith, through his trust in God, that Gideon was able to say, you know what, God, I'm going to trust you. We're outnumbered. We have a thousand to, a, to one soldier. That's just an example. Don't quote me on that. Oh, he's, he's, he's preaching false doctrine. That wasn't true. The actual ratio was 2,500 guys to one. No. What I'm saying is that <laughs> my wife is looking at me like, what are you talking about? <laughs> People take things out of context all the time. But Gideon trusted in God. He knew he was outnumbered. You have to put him first before anything else. You're praying for your family. You're praying for your job. You're praying for finances. You're praying for a vehicle. You're praying for this. You're praying for that. You're believing God for these things that you don't see. What do you do? You put God first. You put God first. You see that with these great men and women of God throughout the Bible. They put God first. They walked with God. 
Moses walked with God. You see his personal relationship with God. You see Esther, how she trusted in God. You see throughout the Bible how they trusted in God because they put God first. Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. People are all like, oh, I want to seek you God first. But it says his righteousness. Do a study. What does God's righteousness mean? It means partaking in the things of God. Being in his presence. That these men and women understood who God was. Listen, once you understand who God is, people say, oh, I'll read the Old Testament because it's our day we live in the new. No, you have to read the Old Testament to understand the character of God, who he was. It's very crucial that you read it to understand it. Look at Romans 8, 24. It says, for in this hope we were saved. And by hope that is seen. Listen, Romans, listen very closely. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what you see, that's not hope. For what a man seeth. Why doeth he yet hope for? Meaning, who hopes for what he could already see? It's easy, like I said, when you're driving down the road and you can see everything in front of you. Oh man, this drive's going to be a breeze. That's not hope. He says hope is when you believe in those things that you cannot see. When you walk by faith and not by sight. That faith respects a promise. Hope is the thing that is promised. Faith is the evidence. Hope is the expectation of things not seen. Faith is the mother of hope. We do with patience wait and hoping for his glory. We have the need of patience to bear the sufferings we meet with in the way to it and the delays of it. Many times you have to step out of your realm and focus on what is going on around you. That there are many needs that are waiting for your intercession. But we get so consumed on what we see that we don't realize the blessings or the breakthrough that is waiting on you. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18 says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Everything that we see is temporary. We see the good seasons, that's temporary. We see the bad seasons, that is temporary. We see the trials, God says that is temporary. But what is unseen is eternal. That salvation at the seed level is unseen. But that is what we are praying for in our lost family members. Listen, once we, when, what I mean by this is that when we speak God's word into someone, we're planting a seed. When you plant a seed underground, you don't see what's going on in the seed, right? You don't see the seed breaking through. And you don't see the seed germinating because it is underground. It is what's unseen. But we know something that's happening underground. 
And when we pray for our family members, when we witness to them, that seed is within them. That seed is planted. God's word does not come back void. So we know God's word is working. God's word is working something in them that we do not see. And what is unseen, the word of God tells us, is eternal. That is the eternal reward that they may come to Christ and they have salvation. Listen, I'm going to close with this. You cannot focus your eyes on what is seen. Don't focus your eyes on what's seen. I've learned that myself. That if I focus on what is seen, I will be let down. You cannot focus on what is seen. Focus on what is unseen. I like every head bowed, every eye closed.